This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Peter, are you do you feeling all right today, bud? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling yeah, it's got a bit of a got a bit of a headache. Oh. It's like I had a good time last night, but I didn't. I had a <laughs> That's normal so time. That's so unfair, last night. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You had such a normal time, and now you're you're, you're suffering with suffering the consequences of a good time. Yeah. Makes Absolutely. me wish I I. I drunk a load of alcohol last night and then maybe i wouldn't be feeling so bad maybe. that's how it works isn't it it is maybe you should just catch up and do it right now mm, yeah that would definitely make me feel a lot better yeah. some 10 a.m wine mm. science absolute yeah. science uh, well we'll take it easy today yeah we'll sure. take it nice yeah. and chill how about we go for a big old walk in the video version of this podcast through a mattress store oh lovely yeah or I'd like that very much. the clouds what, what would you prefer Oh, um, clouds is a little bit scary because I don't know okay. if they can support. I know I'm a small guy, but I don't know if they can support uh, support my weight. No, that's fair. Okay, well, yeah. sorry to be scientific store. and and you know, sorry to just you know the the possibilities are endless. The sky is literally not even the limit. But I'm no. like, uh, no, you can't walk on clouds. Actually, yeah, um, we did walk through space the other week. I don't know if you remember that. I do, um, I help, but I can hold my breath for a long time. So. Okay, you're just really good at breath holding. No gravity yeah. in space. No. Absolutely I've got such a headache. Yeah, 100%. In space. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is, as I said, a video game podcast. It's brought to us and you each and every week by our wonderful sponsors over at sponsor.com forward slash sponsor forward slash dash hyphen dot php forward slash team triple jump. Uh, Peter's got the ad read, the totally real ad read for this week in front of him. I've got it right here. Have you heard about that new game that's coming out by Ubisoft no. that people have been looking forward to for a really long time? You know, it's the latest in a in a series. You know, the, yeah. the newest the new Assassin's Creed game. I'll, t- I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, please do. The new Assassin's Creed game has just been announced. We're sponsored by this game. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's going to be a historical third-person action adventure centered around the life and times of an MTV Movie Award nominee and okay. star of Top Gun, Willow, The Prince of Egypt, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and can... Batman Forever. Right. Coming holiday 2020, Assassin's Creed, Val Kilmer. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. He was in Birdman as well. No, he wasn't. He was the that was the other one. That was oh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, the better it. Batman. Yeah. There's so many Batman. I get confused. There are Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton were quite similar in in many ways. Uh, you sure it's it, not? He wasn't in the Man Who Stares at Goats. Uh, who knows? Who knows at this point? No, that was um, that was uh, that was that was uh, that was that was Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Oh damn it. Um, what about um, what about um, desperately trying to think of other films that Batman have been in? What about uh, the, the Pianist? Is that him? Oh yeah, that I think that that probably no. And you're actually no. no was that's it not the him. Mi- no? Was that the Machinist? One of the two. The Pianist was no? Adrian Brody. It was Adrian Brody? Yeah. Okay. He could be a Batman. He could. I think he'd make a pretty good Batman. What about yeah. the film about um, about uh, uh, Dick Cheney? Christian Bale. Is that him? Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, yeah. Sake. Okay. Yeah. I can't think of any films that um, that the the DC universe Batman's been in that whose name I has completely gone. Ben Ben Affleck. What what films has he been in? Batfleck. Yeah. Um, he's been in. Uh, <sighs> God, all right. Hang uh, on. Uh, Bat- Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice was that him? Was that no, him? No, no, that wasn't him. That was uh, that was, was that? that was um, Adam West. That one. Oh, that was Adam West. Oh, God's yeah. sake! Uh, yeah, Family Guy. That was him, wasn't it? No, that was Roger Moore. Oh, f- bloody hell! Yeah. I'm getting. I'm going in circles here, Peter. Yeah, don't worry about it. <sighs> you know. Um, but so Assassin's Creed Val Kilmer coming soon. Assassin's Creed Val Kilmer. <laughs> it's very real and definitely our sponsor. Okay. Except, is it though? No, it's oh, a lie. Damn it! Got, got you, got you all. Got you. You believed it for a second there. Uh, of course, the the podcast is brought to us by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as twenty five cents per week, that's a dollar per month. Although you know, if you could, we'd love it if you supported us at higher tiers, obviously. But that's the minimum level for you to get access to the podcast post where we ask for questions and you just leave them in the comments section and I take a few of them and I sprinkle them like a little bit of black pepper all over the the running order and then Peter and I read them throughout the show as we go. So consider supporting us there, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this week. Lots of good ones, Peter. But uh, I think I've picked some belters. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I've got one here. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, I would actually. It's from Duncan Wilson. Uh, we're not going to make any reference to that surname and what it means in the Triple Jump slash Vidiots multi- multiverse. No. Um, Filthy morning- Duncan. Yes, it's just, just Duncan. Morning, Ben Poots and Tony Peeper, it says. The artwork for the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga was revealed this week. What would you like or not like to see in the new Lego game? And is there a franchise you'd like to see a Lego game of? Hmm. So, firstly, what do you think of this new uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga game? Are you gonna Are you gonna get it? Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I I knew that um, 
when the the new film was coming out, I was like, oh, they're definitely going to make you know some make a Lego game with maybe like the final trilogy in it or something. And then I was like, oh, it's a shame really because like you'll play that and it'll be like the the most up to date Lego games are. You know where they've got like voice acting in them and you know they're just a lot more. You know the 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 engine has really come a long way over time, and and they've really you know built up on on their previous work. Mm. And then if you were to go back and play the original Lego Star Wars games, which were the first Lego games made by Traveller's Tales, you know the difference would be stark. I think, and I, yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, it's such a shame that you know there's going to be such a big uh, difference between the two. I'd love to see the old ones done in modern style, and that is exactly what they're doing. Yeah. bringing out the Skywalker saga and they're actually effectively remastering or maybe even I guess remaking uh, the first six uh, films uh, adaptations uh, in Lego form so I'm really excited about that I'm looking forward to playing through the entire thing and it all being in some ways brand new so mm. that's going to be good um, Nice. but uh, in terms of what I'd like to see uh, I mean I just want to see loads and loads of characters. I remember the 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 full saga version when it was originally the full saga. The the six movie version of the Star Wars Lego games uh, had just every single background cantina character <laughs> you've you could ever think of. And uh, I saw an article yesterday uh, where it, they were sort of. I think in a tongue-in-cheek way, bragging about the fact that Yaddle will be playable in this game, which is the female Yoda who sits on the Jedi Council in Star Wars Episode One. Nice. Yaddle. Yeah, she was my she was my crush as a oh yeah, absolutely teenager. She's a hot dish. So Yaddle will be in the game, and I'm sure alongside just you know every other you know the nipple nose and Mm -hmm. the corduroy faced Pooman and you know all of them. I'll tell you the other thing I'd like him to do, though, is make yeah. Jar Jar Binks look better. Uh, oh, yeah? You don't like he, his weird plastic ears? Well, he's just one single colour. He's just like this one plain beige colour, which, I mean, I guess he is just going to look like that. That's probably what the actual minifigure looks like in real life, and that's why they made him look like that in the in the games, and therefore he'll probably still look like that. But, mm-hmm. God, he just looks horrendous. And I don't it's even mean because he's a, a one-tone character. Well, very good, absolutely, and I don't even mean as like a Star Wars fan. Like, um, actually, he should look like this. <laughs> I don't even mean in that so sense. Yeah, I just mean he just looks bad. You know, he's uh, just—it's like they couldn't be bothered shading him in in any way. So yeah. I just think it doesn't look very good. But I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wouldn't like to see is any paid DLC. There's no excuse, given that this no. game is going to be based on. Nine films that are already out. It's finished. If anything happened... I mean, I don't think they've ever done that before with any of the LEGO games, but I'm just saying, if that happened, mm-hmm. I would... I'd go mad. I'd flip the yeah. table. I'd go, yeah. you'd, go, you'd go off your rocker. Absolutely. What about you? Kill you, them all. You, <laughs> kill them all, like animals. I hate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you you feeling... Are you looking forward to this? Are you going to play it? Or is it not, nah, not really going to tickle your fancy? I'm not fussed. I don't really care about the new films anyway. And uh, I used to love the Lego Star Wars games and I played them to death then. Mm. And I don't really want to play it again now. Yeah, Um, fair. It may be one of those things that I see closer to the time and it releases with like, you know, a 30, 40 pound price tag. And I think maybe depends Mm. what else is out at the time. If there's nothing else out, I may well play it. But I can't say that I'm particularly excited for it because 
I mean, it feels like there's just so many Lego games. There's like three Marvel Lego games, several DC Lego games now, and I'm far more interested in those, and I've only played a couple of them, and I get the idea of, you know, they're Lego games. I don't, yeah. I don't really feel like I can get much out of the experience, but I used to love them. I loved the Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. Do you, is there any... I'm trying to think of an answer for... Um which franchises would make good lego games i guess oh. you might not have an answer for that given that you know you're not you're not so into the lego games anymore anyway you know it's quite difficult to kind of come up with i've got a few oh have you okay yeah yeah Sweet. i've got a few so in, in my head i'm thinking it's a lego game it needs to have set pieces and yeah. some kind of combat to its license so for a more adult oriented uh, lego game i thought maybe firefly it's similar. Ooh, okay. You know, it could probably just work fundamentally very similarly to the Lego Star Wars games. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Firefly license could be fun. Uh, yeah. I also thought Pokemon, if it follows the anime, Ooh, that wow, could be pretty yeah. good. Where you're running around as your little Pokemons with, uh, you know, you don't have to sneak through doors and stuff. But it uh, that could be really fun. But um, it could, because got... it, you know, for it to work as a Lego game, you want something that's got an enormous roster, if possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know that's got 151 pocket monsters. I think so. And the last one I've got here is that, uh, and this is based on another game, and I'm not sure it would work massively well. But I, I'm sort of picturing it in my head, and I think, oh yeah, that would actually, I would like to see that. And that's mm. a, a Lego Dark Souls. Oh my god! I think it would be super interesting to see how they interpret that <laughs> and sort of play off the humor and the weirdness of the game and. Uh, you know, just make it really bloody hard. I think that'd be, you know, I think that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Even though it won't work. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't say no to um, a Lego Doctor Who uh, series. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. it, it's it's similar to what they're doing already in that, like, you just pick something that has quite a long tenure and therefore has loads of stuff they can pull from. Um, and then condense it down to a, a silly Lego format. So they could just like pick, you know, just New Who, for example. You know, I'm not suggesting they go back to the 1960s and make everything that's ever happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, they could pick a, a bunch of key episodes, um, throw them all together, and, you know, make a load of playable characters. Every Doctor, every Companion, a load of monsters, K9. They could b- throw in a bunch of classic stuff as well that even if it wasn't actually, you know, if it didn't appear in whatever episodes they chose to to cover you could still you know throw them in either way um mm-hmm. yeah i think it could be interesting just it, anything that's got as i say you know some loads of loads of uh a, a big back catalog of content um with loads of characters to pull from that's kind of what makes a good lego game for me you know they've done harry potter they've yeah. done jurassic park you know it's all it's all very good maybe x-men well, X Men could be fun, although they do appear in. Well, yeah, I guess they're the in the Marvel. Marvel games already. I'm, I'm sure they yeah, are. Yeah, not the, uh, not the Avengers ones, but the just the generic Marvel ones. There's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, they, they could do the, the, the beauty of that format is that it is so adaptable, and they can just do, just do anything they want, really. Yeah. Maybe uh, the Lego Triple Jump game. Perfect. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And it Think would involve characters. Yeah, so many characters. You would just get out of bed, uh, go to the toilet, and then uh, sit at your desk, and that would be the that would be the game. Yeah, you would just do that forever. Um, that'd be good, wouldn't it? It would. That'd Love be that. fantastic. I, I can't wait. Well, 
Thank you, Duncan, for that question. It's time to move on to a brand new section we've never done before, and nobody has ever experienced before in their entire lives. It's time for What We Play In. Oh, It's What We Play In time. Welcome to the part of the show where we talk about what we... Play In. There it is. But, you know, I think sometimes me and you get a bit big for our boots, don't we? Um, don't know what you mean. We think that we're just the big the big business. We think we're just the best thing in the world. Well, I certainly do. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. you know, I think me and you are great. But uh, what about what about the the man behind the scenes who keeps this channel going? He's like Atlas holding up the sky. You're talking about the the small people. I'm you talking know, about the less significant people. I, I I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm I'm just talking about the 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 quiet man who doesn't get as much screen time as me and you. I'm talking about right. James. Oh, so you are talking about the little insignificant people. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's, yeah. Right, uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the person below us in the hierarchy, that's who I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. The guy at the bottom, yeah. Do you know, we should we should find out what he's been playing sometimes, shouldn't what? we? That's crazy. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like we should, but only when he's been playing a game that he's had a code for that neither of us wants to play, you know? Sometimes Sh- I feel that specific feeling. Maybe maybe that exact, yeah, maybe that's the, the one and only reason we should ever ask anything of him. Well, isn't that weirdly appropriate? Because I've, I've got a thing here from James. What? Because he's been playing Gears Tactics. You know, that little uh, sort of pop, pop Funko Gears Tactics sort of XCOM style Gears of War game. You know that, that we one? didn't want to play and so yeah, we said, James, play this. Wanted to play and James is a Gears of War fan and an XCOM fan. We thought, James, you, you'll, you'll do this. And uh, I've got some abbreviated notes on his opinion of, of how he's found the game. I think he's posted his whole, uh, sort of his, his unabbreviated thoughts on his Twitter account, nice. which I will, uh, I'll mention in a second. And I'll post a link to the tweet in the link dump as well if people want to read his full thoughts. But here we go. Gears Tactics hyphen thoughts is what it says at the top, which is appropriate. So Gears Tactics is basically XCOM with big meaty muscle boys and girls, but with a few tweaks that make a surprising amount of difference to the experience. A lot of standard XCOM parts are here. You pick out your squad, custom armor is optional, but garish colors and patterns are scientifically proven to spook locust troops. Take your turn to position your kill dudes in cover, take various actions like shoot, reload, throw grenades, heal, use special abilities, or make repeated quips about how it's time to get tactical. You know, just in case you forgot this Gears of War is pauper smart now and has tactics in it. It's true, it says so in the title. The biggest negative change from XCOM is the lack of an overall campaign-level strategy layer, or in other words, you don't have any interesting choices in between battles. No base management, no room building, no research, no training, no deciding between freeing East Asia, East Asia, East Asia or South America with extra missions, only the, only the decision between fuchsia or neon green for what armour colour your grizzly veteran should wear. Incidentally, James is uh, a big fan of XCOM, so it's quite good that not only, you know, we got to play the Gears game, but he's able to compare it to XCOM and be like, hey, yeah. it's not as good as the, the series that does this well. And here's, and here's why. In its place is a rigid story-led campaign. Gears Tactics have tried hard to make an XCOM-like with a strong narrative and the cutscenes are flashy, the presentation is nice, but they just forgot to put an interesting story into this story mode. Uh. 
This and the lack of strategy layer stuff to do in between missions is a shame, but Gears Tactics is a lot more fun than it had any right to be as a spin-off title, and if you like turn-based tactical games, you know, like that Alien one, then it's absolutely worth a go. Also, it's on Xbox Game Pass for PC only right now, but it'll probably work its way to consoles at some point, so if you have Game Pass, it's a freebie! It's also on Steam. There we go. And we'd like to thank uh, Microsoft Game Studios for providing the code for that. Yeah, but they're really glad they did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We mentioned it, and now I get to put the hashtag in the in the in the video, and they'll see that and go, "They talked about it." Tick. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, so yeah, go to at Jenks G E N X underscore one three seven on Twitter if you'd like to see James's full thoughts. I think he's posted them all there. J E N X, right? J E N X. Yeah, I think as he in, said G, but did I? Oh yeah. Christ! J as in James J E N X underscore one three seven. As in Jenks gone, give it to you. Flip waiting for you to get it on your own. Jenks gone, deliver it to you. Yes, exactly that. Yeah, knock knock, open up the door. It's Peter Austin with his games. Hey, uh, I'm going to share with you my Star Wars knowledge. So. Whoa. Uh, at time of recording, it was May the 4th be with you just a couple of days ago. And mm. that's Star Wars Day because, you know, ha 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 ha. Great. That's a really that's, good fun, everyone. That's good. We well did done. get some we great all... film news, though, that day. Some great film news? Yeah. What film news did we get? Taika Waititi's going to write and direct a Star Wars film. Oh, right. I, okay. I saw a little mention of that. I thought I. I sort of glanced at it and thought it was someone, someone's like wishful thinking or something like that. I no, didn't really... it's, it's happening. All right, uh, that's interesting. I knew that he was. I think I had heard that he was already. You know, people were saying, "Oh, will he do it?" Maybe. I didn't know it had been confirmed, but that's cool. That's cool. Great. He did an episode of The Mandalorian, didn't he? As well, he did. Yeah, he did a good job of it. And oh, he was well. the robot in that as well. Uh, yeah, I, I heard it here first, literally. There we go. I shared a bit of Star Wars knowledge with you. That's great, Star Wars knowledge. Good. Good, 10 out of 10. 11 out of 11. Yeah. Um, so on Star Wars Day, it was my it was my stream day, just coincidentally. Um, so I decided that we would play Star Wars games. Um, I am actually playing one at the moment on stream anyway. I'm playing, still playing Jedi Academy once a week. Um, but uh, I thought, we're not going to play that. We're going to play some other stuff. So we had a little trip through Star Wars history. Um, I had a couple of games on Steam... Uh, Star Wars games that I wanted to play, but uh, they've only sort of been optimized for Steam and for modern systems. In that, like, you can't play them in windowed mode, um, and they run at like stupid resolutions, like six hundred by four hundred or whatever. You know, like Excellent. tiny, but stretched up to fill your monitor. And OBS didn't like them at all, so I didn't really get to play any of the Steam old PC games. However, we did uh, did some emulated PS1 and PS2 stuff. So we started, uh, as as no one ever should, with Star Wars The Masters of Terras Cassie. That's the fighting Ooh, game. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's still really winky-wonky. It really is. Um, then we moved on to Star Wars Demolition, which is a mm-hmm. destruction derby game, or destruction derby, depending on where you're from. Uh, where everyone has a different vehicle. There's like a, there's like a, an ATST Walker. There's a, uh, Boba Fett is just has a jetpack and flies around while everyone else is inside an actual tank. Um, you know, there's there's everything. There's like a land speeder and all all sorts of stuff. 
that's also pretty wonky. Um, people voted for me to play it in the last 15 minutes, like go back and boot that up. I don't know why, because God, I wasn't enjoying it very much at all. But anyway, that's fine. So after that, we thought, you know, a little palate cleanser, booted up the PS2 emulator and played Star Wars Super Bombad Racing, oh. which is as bombad as it sounds. Uh, it's wow. It's just, it's like Funko Pops, just, you know, driving through very cartoony, silly uh, versions of Star Wars locales. It it was so strange. I was aware of that game, but I never really uh, watched any content of it, any, you know, any gameplay of it before. And mm. wow, it took me by surprise. Um, very silly. Sounds great. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and then we we finished off. I did manage to get Star Wars Episode One Racer on PC on Steam running. So played a little bit of that. Um, but so that was all the Star Wars stuff. On top of that, I'm still playing Resi Three. Played a little bit yesterday at time of recording. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely had a couple of a couple more Nemesis moments that were very very Uncharted scripted kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the bit where he spoilers. This is not really a spoiler. He just he jumps out of the river onto the bridge and then chases you for a bit. Mm-hmm. That was really silly. Like I was like, why am I not just free to run away from this? There's no reason for them to lock me into a jackanism here. Like I sh- I should be able to just run. And yeah. He could he could just chase me in the normal way. But for some reason I was, you know, it was like a fixed camera angle thing. It was a very weird thing. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was good though. Yeah. I'm enjoying it still. Good. Yeah, there's um th- those 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 moments are just sort of okay, where's the camera pointing and where do I have to run until a cutscene happens and he's yeah. no longer chasing me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh there's no tension there. Yeah. There's no tension at all. It's just not scary, which is the, a shame. The boss fight was weird when he was running round and round yeah. and round. Why would he keep a, doing that? I don't know. It took me a minute to <laughs> to work that out as well. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And the ducking and dodging is so wonky in that game, anyway. Yeah. That uh, like dodging out the way of stuff is so it looks so stupid when you do it. You're just like, whoa, got yeah. you. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. It's weird. There's some weird choices in that game, but it's um, you know, it's still solid and it's good fun. Exactly. It's like I think I I talked about it in I can't even remember what it was now a previous a recent video or something. Oh, it was the remakes list that uh, might not have even gone out yet. I can't even flipping remember what's gone out. Oh, spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, there's a list either recently out or coming up soon about remakes. Um, but uh, I talked about that, how, you know, I think Resi 3 is objectively not a bad game because it's in that engine and made by that company and it's that, you know, original PS1 game brought back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you compare it to the Resi 2 remake, that's what makes it look a lot worse than it really is. Um, you know, in comparison, it's it is way worse that game. You know, Resi Two was a near flawless game. Uh, you know, it wasn't perfect, but you know, it was up there. Um, and then when mm-hmm. you know they do a Resi Three remake, and it's like, oh, well, it's not the game you did last year. Sorry. So, yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I'm interested to see what you think of the bit that I complained about. <laughs> Uh, okay. I think you're not far from it. You're not far from the end of the game now, anyway. But uh, no, surely you will. You will get to the fun bit soon. Have you? Uh, I'm assuming you haven't been to some kind of. Uh... Oh, it was directly after that bit. Jill, Jill has a has a little accident, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's in the. Did you? Is that where you stopped? Yeah, she's now been taken 
taken to deal with her accident and I'm in a new okay. new location now. I yeah, can't remember exactly to... what you complained about. You're about to uh, you're about to experience it. You'll know it. It'll be okay. okay. You'll you'll have a fun time, I'm sure. Right. It'll be brilliant. a good stream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh it's a good game though. I, I did like it in spite of its uh I think it just got worse as it went on, which is a shame. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So we've been playing that's all I've been playing. So now I want to hear all about what you've been playing.com. Oh, I'll tell you. Um, I did it. I actually did it. I started up Final Fantasy VII, the original. I noticed. And uh, just been been playing through that. Just got out of Midgar, which did not take me very long. Although, admittedly, I am playing it with the cheats on just because I don't, I'm not after a challenge here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to experience the story. And I mainly just wanted to get out of Midgar. But. One thing I will say is that now I've got something to compare the original to, the bits where my imagination sort of filled in the blanks have kind of fallen away, and only now am I starting to notice quite how limited that game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I know it sounds weird, but nostalgia is such an in such a powerful thing. And when I played it a couple of years ago, the last time I played it. I thought nothing of it. I was like, this is amazing. This is like just such a magical ad- adventure and I love it. And yeah, perhaps it's a bit off-putting to people who are coming into it now, but like I still think it holds up really well. And I think I've said as much on this podcast and elsewhere as well. But now that I've played the remake, just that first part, and I'm playing through sections you know, that mirror that in the original game, I'm starting to see... The very limited backdrop and like zero, zero to three characters on screen at once and stuff. And it's just like, oh, no, it's not. I see now. I see through the I see through the facade. The uh, the rose tinted glasses have come off. And uh, don't get me wrong. I still absolutely love it. I think the music is still amazing. Um, and, and the characters and the writing are really good, although some of the translations are a bit weird. There's there's some very sort of unexpected 90s writing in it. Mm-hmm. Like they say some words that are not okay anymore. <laughs> it just sort of took right. me by surprise. I, f- I always forget about those. Yeah. Um, but it was. I still think it's 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 an incredible game. That and 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 in many ways it's actually enhanced by playing through the remake because I am now noticing little things in the original that I never paid much attention to in the past that the remake expanded on. I'm like, ah, oh, that's. Ah, oh, it's that guy. Oh, okay, I see now. I, I get it. And um, that's really nice, playing through with that knowledge. Uh, but now, obviously, I am beyond where the remake got to. So I'm just, uh, I'm now experiencing the rest of the story as right, it was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that, just sort of uh, chipping away at it, not really playing it for huge chunks in a in a, in a, in, a, in any given sitting because I, I don't need to really. I don't need to grind or level up or anything because I can just make myself super powerful which is fine uh also been playing some minecraft in my spare time on the playstation 4 oh lovely built a lovely little village and it's all fortified and you know just adding little things to it and that's that's really nice and Mm. relaxing and lovely and uh, the last thing i played is a game uh, i don't know if you you may not have heard of it's called the hunt showdown and Uh, uh it sounds familiar but i'm i'm trying to think it's from Crytek, and yeah. it's uh, it was in early access for a while. It's one of those battle royales, but not with thousands of players. It's, mm. it's sort of set in this, uh, you know, deep south swamp area, alternate timeline, weird fictional place 
with lots of horrifying monsters and zombies and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get dumped into it as like several teams of either two or three. And you have to go and search for clues and uh, and and it, it narrows your your search down to eventually find a monster or a boss. Right. And you've then got to take that down and escape. And okay. the first person to do that wins, but everyone's trying to do it. So you're not only having to deal with these monsters, these horrible monsters that are shambling all over the place, mm. and zombie dogs and stuff, uh, but you're you're also sort of trying to hide from players as well. It's a really cool concept. Uh, I played it a little bit with someone who's actually a seasoned veteran at it last night to sort of help me out. Right. And we died really fast all the times that we played it. So it still suffers in spite of its unique approach. It still suffers from the same problems as all battle royales, which is, oh, other players ruin this. Okay, mm-hmm. so... I don't know if I will ever play it again, but I like the concept anyway. It's just really hard because it's difficult to get good at because you just get killed straight away right. by people who are really good at it. Yeah. You know, it's an online game and it's been out for more than a month, so everyone's a god now. Except you. Except me, just a lowly peon. Yeah. But uh, that's what I've been playing, and uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, this bank holiday weekend we've got so I can play a few more games and, and yeah. chill out. It'd be nice. And of course, remember the victory of 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 fallen soldiers. Let's not forget that when yeah. when we're we're all fighting to in in our games, hunting zombies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, Are we doing v- that? It's VE day. That's why it's been moved to Friday. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, naturally, I've got to. You know, let's get some Fs, everyone, mm. please. F in the chat for all those. F in the chat for the yeah. real soldiers, the real heroes. Yeah. Let's move on to another question, shall we? Sure, why not? This is from Ginny. And Ginny mm-hmm. says, Hi guys. With the possibility of Kate Blanchett or Cat Blanket being cast as Lilith in Eli Roth's Borderlands movie, who else would you like to see cast in other roles along with her? And uh, I thought it might be kind of fun if we run through our fantasy casting for Mordecai, Brick, Roland and Handsome Jack. To go along with Lilith, so we've got the original Vault Hunters, Vault Hunters, and also the the most famous villain from the series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, have you? What I first want to know is: before this question came up, did you already have? Is this something you've ever thought about before? Have you ever had ideas for this in the past, or? Um, I mean, lots of lots of names were banded about when this was when it was first announced that Eli Roth was even doing a Borderlands movie, mm-hmm. and there are certain people who I think are natural fits for certain characters, mm-hmm. uh, but not. Re- I've never sat down and given it much thought. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts now. Okay. Um, yeah. So, alongside potentially Cat Blanket as Lilith, for Mordecai. I have gone with Michael Mando, who is, you'll know him as Vas from Far Cry 3. Ah, uh, yes. He's in, uh, uh, I can't remember if it's Better Call Saul or actually just Breaking Bad. I think it might be Better Call Saul. Or maybe both. I don't know. And he's also uh, Mac Gargan, or Slash the Scorpion, in the new Spider-Man films. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so sort of, uh, you know... 
uh, I think he's I think he's of Mexican heritage, or he, maybe he's just American Mexican, or maybe he's just Mexican. I don't know what I don't know what the term is. Let me have a quick look. But that's certainly the accent that um, Mordecai affects in the games, mm-hmm. and I think he's a great actor. So that is why I've chosen him. Okay, um, not really knowing anything about the character. Um, and only even having a vague idea of what he looks like, I just I just threw Tom Hiddleston in there, you know. Oh, just just to be a little bit. Yeah. I think Loki is an interesting character, and you know he can play the sort of slightly strange, pasty, uh, thin-faced, odd characters like that. And that's that's the impression I get from pictures of Mordecai, and, <laughs> and from the 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 few images. Uh, and uh, sorry, the few uh, uh, sessions I have had with that game, I'm mm-hmm. not even sure actually what race uh, Mordecai is, and so I certainly don't want to be whitewashing him if he's not actually a, a white cis male. <laughs> I mean, um, he's human, but right. I don't think it's ever really clarified in the game. All we have to go off is his accent and yeah. occasional words. That's I mean, kind of it. Looking at looking at a picture here he's from pandora if that helps okay well certainly yeah that absolutely helps the planet of pandora i couldn't have been more wrong about michael mando by the way right he's canadian of mexican descent okay and his uh, native language is french and he speaks english and spanish fluently what a talented man Mm mm-hmm okay well that's um you know why not you know we don't know what the like what? The, what the the derivation of the Pandorian language slash accent is? Maybe it's originally, but no. it, its roots are in the French. You know, could that's, be. That's what all the linguists say. Um, that's what they all say. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, should we should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Next up is uh, Brick, the big I think boy. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we've cast the same person. Oh, there's a one. good chance. Yeah. Who have you got? Dave Bautista. There it is. There he is. Yeah. Big yeah. Dave. Big Dave. Big it, Dave. He looks just like him. He does. Brick is like uh, sort of cartoonishly big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you cast the right people around Dave Bautista, yeah. then I think I think it could work quite well. He's a little bit typecast, isn't he, our Dave? But Yeah, you know. but he's good though, isn't he? He, yeah. he does he does prove that he's he's pretty good. He was good in um a Blade Runner. At the start of that, yeah, yeah, uh, that's I, I was kind of thinking of that actually. Um, I don't even remember what that character was called, or you know who it was, or no, what, he what died the point fast, of him was. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just that, isn't it? It's that kind of big, beefy man. Yeah, big boy, mm. big boy. I think big boy Dave would do good as Brick. Uh, what about Roland? Roland, God, um, this one stumped me. You know, I don't. Did it? Yeah, well, because actually what I was going to say at the start of this was that, you know, not only am I not a Borderlands fan, but mm. even putting that completely aside, you know, if someone said to me, oh, um, do do a fantasy casting for a series that you're really into, like, you know, I, I quite like Tekken, for example. And mm. if someone said, look, pick, you can pick any Hollywood A-listers for, you know, like, for for the Tekken, a new Tekken movie, I still wouldn't know because I'm, I'm not very good at this. Um <laughs> And Roland really stumped me, you know. Yeah. I was trying to think of, of of anyone who would would fit the mold. Maybe like Idris Elba, possibly. 
Yeah, no, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a lot more sort of mature and grizzled than the person I've chosen. Right. I think, I think it would work as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I chose Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Uh, to, to play Roland. He is Creed's son of Creed. Whatever his name is in the you know in the latest Rocky films. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was a he was Killmonger in Black Panther, mm-hmm. uh, among several other roles. But uh, yeah, I think he's great. I think he'd be a good Roland. Maybe I don't know. I'm not a director. Right. Yeah. Um, Finally. Yes. What about Handsome Jack? You know that one. I do know that one. Um, this one. In a, in a sense, I found this even more difficult because Did what you? I was thinking, well, because I think it's such an important one, you know, like, you know, I, I do know who it is, but that's kind of the point is that like, it's it's someone, um, you know, even if you're not so into the, the series, everyone knows who Handsome Jack is. And therefore, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to get it right. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm still I'm still stumped, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he's also he's got quite a distinctive. I really like the shape of his head, Handsome Jack. <laughs> he's got a tall, thin head. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think you would even have to get that right personally. I think it wouldn't yeah. look right if he didn't have a thin head. Did you well, did you come up with anyone um, op- sort of that you think is is a, a shoe in or? I th- I think I've found someone who again it's fantasy casting like mm. all of these choices are, but I think I think I've got a good one. Yeah. I think Ryan Reynolds would be a good handsome Jack. Okay, yeah. He's got that sort of he's he's sarcastic and quick, basically just Deadpool, basically just Ryan Reynolds, you know. Yeah. He's sarcastic and holier than thou, and he's he's got the right sort of cadence to to pull off a character like that. And I don't think we've seen him play that kind of character in a bad guy role before. Okay. Uh, because the 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 greatest thing about Handsome Jack was that you sort of liked him, even though he's a villain. Yeah, not he's meant to like kind of, He's horrible, yeah. but he's charismatic, and I feel like uh, Ryan Reynolds could do that quite well. Yeah. I thought that the closest I got, um, and I don't know why I thought of this guy, because he's not. I can't even think of anything else he's been in apart from the one thing I know him from, but the guy who plays Joe Goldberg in You. Are you aware of You, the Netflix show about no. the stalker? Um, no, it, the actor's name is Penn Badgley, P-E-N-N, Space, B A D G L E Y. Okay. He doesn't necessarily look like him, but again, he's got this. the 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 point of the character is it's that same thing, which is that uh, it's he's he's a he's a villain in a sense because in the show you he's like a stalker. The whole show is about how he's like being a massive creep on these two girls over two series, mm-hmm. um, but. He's also the quote-unquote protagonist of the series, or at least the series follows him specifically as the main character. And just right. by virtue of that, you kind of sometimes feel like, oh yeah, you know, I you know, I hope he doesn't get caught or whatever, even though he's a horrible person. And uh, so I think if there's one thing that this guy can do is it's that kind of moral grey area, and you know, he can really kind of mess with your head a little bit as to whether you you like him or don't like him. So mm. yeah, maybe that. There we go. But I don't think he really looks the part necessarily. But. Well, he doesn't necessarily have to. No, he doesn't. I mean, you know, I picked a white man for uh, for Mordecai because, I mean, in my defense, the image that I was looking at when I did that, he was kind of just sort of 
a, a sort of grey, desaturated skin tone, <laughs> and therefore I was completely stumped as to who or what he was. But uh, I don't think it's an issue. I don't, no. I don't think I don't think you have anything to apologise for there. It's mm. okay. It's yeah. okay. Well, there we go. That's our fantasy cast film out now. I've decided it's out. It's out. It's happening. It, it's happening. Go see it soon. Who yeah. knows? It's time to go weird or go home. It's time. I'm, I'm all ready to stack. Uh, so am I. It's time for weird news. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I've got some weird news that as much as anything else is it's weird that anyone ever wrote this story. Okay. okay. It, the, the thing that happened that they're reporting on isn't particularly weird. It's the fact that someone thought, hey, I'm Alistair Jones from Kotaku.co.uk, and I am going to push my glasses up my nose and tell everyone, um, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Okay. Mm-hmm. New fossil discovery renders Animal Crossing exhibit inaccurate. Oh my god. Um, this whole article really is written like the itchy and scratchy genius at work wrote it, okay? And I, I just want you to drink it in and just know that this is genuinely... I, I, I honestly think this is not ironic. It's not tongue-in-cheek, really. They're just seriously saying, <laughs> wow, they made a mistake here. Um, so here we go. Okay. In late 2018, a group of paleontologists discovered a collection of Spinosaurus bones, causing a reinterpretation of the shape of the animal's tail. A study based on the find published yesterday definitively states that the animal would have spent a considerable amount of time in the water, making Spinosaurus the first known quote-unquote swimming dinosaur. More importantly for us, however, the discovery has ramifications within Animal Crossing New Horizons. If you've been diligent in your fossil digging, you'll know that one of the creations Blathers can piece together in his museum is that of the Spinosaurus. It's an intimidating spectacle once complete, but sadly, the new find renders it scientifically inaccurate. Uh, There is then an embedded tweet from Ryan Freelds, 
at Raikusu on Twitter, and it says, The Animal Crossing Spinosaurus skeleton is already inaccurate, and I find that really funny. And they've done a side-by-side screenshot of the in-game Spinosaurus and a diagram from the new article, uh, which shows the tail... Uh, well, it shows the whole thing, including the tail of the Spinosaurus, which is a bit different. Wow. Uh, the Spinosaurus fossil in Blathers Museum was based on the original ideas about the creature and features a reptilian tail not unlike those of modern-day lizards or snakes. The 2018 discovery, however, found an almost complete fossil of the animal's actual tail, depicting an almost amphibian paddle-like appendage, something Blathers' version definitely... Let me try that again. Something <laughs> Blathers version definitely doesn't have. Oh my, what Nintendo have Nintendo. got to be so embarrassed. So embarrassed. It's not exactly Nintendo's fault, it says here, but it's definitely an amusing, if unfortunate, way to slip up. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see whether the developers decide to change the model... The game certainly receives enough updates to make slipping in a new dino model a possibility. Whether Blathers will acknowledge his mistake, however, is another matter altogether. That last bit is it it just made me shake my head. Oh god, imagine imagine coining it even just a slip up. Yeah. Imagine. When they released person? the game before this came out. It's not a mistake, is it? You know? They were following the scientific information that was available to them mm-hmm. um i'll send you the tweet uh God. just to show you the side by side it's not even that different really but okay. uh you know here it is uh in slack there for you let's have a look right boys there's, there's the animal crossing one yeah I really hope someone got fired for that blunder. Oh my god that is that's humiliating mm. what a yeah. slip up yeah absolutely Maybe they, I mean, it's just, if they did alter the model, because the current model curves up, you know, as a tail sort of has to yeah. in a statue, so it doesn't take up that much space. Mm. If they updated it to the new one, which is now, you know, a long straight tail used to swim, then it would it would take up, and an, there's no way they could patch that in a model. They would need... They would a smaller need two... Spinosaurus. Exactly. That mm. that model there, I can tell you, Peter, having mm. played Animal Crossing, is made up of at least four separate parts that you have to find separately. If they right. extended the tail to its full length, that would add another part. They're not going to patch that in. No. It's so not. petty. They could just say that... There's no way to know that that's not a swimming thing. I don't understand what the issue is. Yeah, if there was flesh on that one in Animal Crossing... Yeah. You could still have a big, like, newt-like tail. It's just swishing up into the air. Yeah. I don't even see the the problem, because, like, the bones aren't that different. They're just probably the other way around. Like, the long ones should be on the top instead of the bottom. But, like, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that that was turned into a story is the weird thing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... God, I mean, it's it's funny that that it has been, you know, a new dinosaur a fossil has been found that changes the way we think about it and that's sort of like oh well that's out of date but imagine implying there's any blame at all or that they should bother patching in a new spinosaurus just because of its tail it's so it's so petty yeah the tail as a skeleton is just absolutely there's no difference really i don't Mm. (laughs) i don't understand what the problem is there that's funny though what an idiot yeah there we go 
Well, uh, have you got some weird news for us, Ben? I have. Uh, and won't you hop back aboard the island? Because it's also Animal Crossing New Horizons news, oh, which I lovely. think is the first time we've done that. We've we've matched up news from the same game, but had different news. I feel like we might have done it once for Fallout. Oh, probably possibly. Fallout, yeah. yeah. That would be the only one. Mm. This is. I think this was sent to me by David Lever, and I'm, I can't remember specifically, but I think it was, and if it was, David, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Enthusiast. And the title is, Fantasy Becomes Reality. Tom Nook makes front page news in the Financial Times. What? Uh, Because of the economy and stuff, probably. The the game's economy. Yes. So this is from last Wednesday, the 29th of April. Uh, Over a month since launch, an Animal Crossing... New Horizons is as popular as ever. So much so, real-world publications are covering in-game shenanigans. The recent lowering of interest rates caught the eye of the international newspaper, the Financial Times. And Tom Nook, along with his bank of Nook, are the subjects of the article. So, and it says here, Yesterday, the Financial Times decided to report on the rate cut, a new patch implemented into New Horizons. I'm going to send you uh, an an image of the front page now, Mm -hmm. just to show that it's real. Uh, There we go. I cannot (laughs) believe Animal Crossing is together with stories on the global pandemic. It is quite a dissonant juxtaposition, said the writer, smoking, smoking, smoking a pipe. I I meant to say stroking (laughs) his moustache, but maybe he was doing that too. Also, it's funny how the, the piece mentions hunting tarantulas as a way to curb the effects of the rate cut, especially since spawn rates were nerfed as well. The full article on Tom Nook's devilry can be read here. It both acknowledges New Horizons is just a game, while simultaneously comparing its financial dealings to real-life practices used by monetary authorities around the globe. Incredible. And uh, there it is. There's the front page at the top. I see it. British Airways to slash 12,000 jobs as skies darken for aviation. And then just below it, nestled next to an advert for a watch, gamers hunt tarantulas after being caught by Animal Crossing rate cut. <laughs> Front page of the Financial Times. Amazing. It's it's madness. It's absolute madness. But uh, you love to see it, or so the kids say, right? Well, like everyone keeps saying at the moment, oh, we're living in strange times, aren't we? Yeah, we get through these strange times. We're all guilty of using that exact phrase constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the times keep getting stranger. It's not... Yeah. All the, the weird news isn't all COVID-related. No. It's madness. Utter madness. I'm not playing Animal Crossing anymore. Not out of choice or anything. I just, you know, and it's not anything to offend me. I just sort of fallen off it. But yeah. uh, for for many people, it is a it is a necessity in this time. It it provides structure and mm-hmm. uh, and and reassurance. And it's interesting to see that that's being reflected in mainstream news as well. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Well, weren't weren't those weird? They were very strange. It's time for question three, Ter. It absolutely is. This comes from Dan Clapper. Uh, that's a new name. I don't think we've had a question from Dan Clapper before. I don't think uh, so. Dan says, Hi, Ben and Peter. I was wondering your thoughts on re-reviews of games. Games like Battlefront 2 and No Man's Sky have gotten re-reviewed within the last year and earned higher scores by certain gaming outlets due to how much it has been uh, due to how much has been added since launch. Uh, do you think this makes sense to reevaluate a game that has changed significantly since launch, or does it further encourage companies to put out unfinished games and add to them over time? Thanks and stay safe. That's a good oh, question, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Um, I see it. 
I I see it uh, uh, from two. I see both sides of the story. I think overall, my sense is that, yeah, I think games should be re reviewed if there have been significant changes, and I think particularly if they reviewed really badly to start with, because you know the the fact of the matter is, to take No Man's Sky as an example, that did horrendously on launch because they massively overpromised and massively underdelivered. They have since added a whole load of content, and it's still not really exactly the game that they said it was going to be when they were hyping it up pre pre release. But uh, you know, as far as I can tell, it's it's come on in leaps and bounds. A lot of people who have gone back to it are now thoroughly enjoying it, and so it makes sense to say, "Hey, you know this game that we reviewed, uh, you know, negatively when it came out because it was bad. Uh, it's now not as bad, and you might want to play it now." That's the point of a review, effectively, is to just say whether or not a game is worth playing, whether it's good or not, and if there have been significant changes, then there's no harm. In fact, there's probably a lot to be gained from doing an extra review. Um, on the other hand, though. I do think, and when I was reading this question, that was going to be my straight answer, just full stop. But I do think it's a very good point uh, that Dan makes at the end, which is, does it mean that companies might feel like they can kind of put out a bad game as long as they're saying to themselves, oh, well, we'll just we'll just make it a lot better as, as time goes on and, you know, we'll release some DLC. You know, I think there is, there's a bit of a risk to that. Um but then, on the other hand, again, do you, would a company really want to take that risk and be like, "Oh, well, we'll release a terrible game, but it's fine because it'll it'll all be good in in uh, in a few months' time." You know, I think it's not guaranteed. Even if you do release like some really great extra DLC, even if it's free DLC, if you damage the reputation of yourself or that game too badly at launch, it doesn't matter how good the game becomes necessarily, it might still just never take off. So, I'd like mm. to think that companies wouldn't take that risk and just be like oh well we'll just crap anything out and improve on it over time but yeah i see both sides yeah yeah i uh i agree i don't think um i don't think that the dlc is taken into consideration when it comes to re-reviewing games i think it's fundamental updates and patches to sort yeah, of stabilize I mean, it, and when i say dlc i mean i mean a downloaded update but yeah not dlc yeah. as such yeah 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 so for example if assassin's creed unity came out and it was broken and a mess people aren't going to buy that because it's broken and a mess and uh, that's not going to look good for them but over time if they patch it and it becomes more stable i think it deserves a re-review you know there's there's a there's still a game there that's been built it's just not stable and clearly wasn't ready and i don't think um as you said i don't think any company is going to rush out a game in that state because it's just going to damage their reputation and people aren't going to trust them and it also means that they will have to dedicate resources beyond uh, the release to to sort of stabilize it and and finish it essentially mm-hmm. yeah. we saw the rise of early access games and things and that still happens but it seemed like it was a really hot topic over the last few years and then you don't really see that too much on console uh certainly now anyway there were there were a few games that were early access for a bit mm-hmm. uh, and i know it still happens on pc but i think that's that's the closest approximation we have and they are sensible enough to label it early access you know and yeah. uh, that definitely should have been done with, with with certain games that perhaps weren't so finished, you know, weren't weren't that ready uh, when they came out. And games as a service is not a fun term, mm. and I personally don't like those kinds of games. We're talking, you know, I'm trying to think of trying to think of the example I had earlier. Games as a service, you know, like um, oh, the division and. 
Right. Uh, basically, a lot of big Ubisoft and Activision games and EA games as well. Games that develop over time and they add stuff to it and they iterate on it. But when it comes out, it sort of it's, it doesn't really have much for me personally that keeps me hooked. Uh, but right, it develops okay. over time with with content updates and uh, and patches and new mechanics and so on. You look at uh, what's it called, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, that's been going for for years and years and years now. And that game is very different from when it started. Fortnite, very different from when it started. And I feel like these games do... It's not necessarily that the games even deserve a re-review. It's that for for a consumer looking to get into those games, they need to find an up-to-date review of it that, that reflects what the product is now compared mm-hmm. to what it was when it launched. Uh, but it is a two-way street, and it does go both ways. For example, Crash Team Racing. They patched yeah. in premium currency after launch, which is disgusting and very Activision, and new reviews should reflect that. Mm. In fact, it should probably be docked points for that because it's just not as good anymore. You're right. Because if you want to play online, people are able to buy all the stuff that they want, and uh, that's that's cheeky, and that really does need to be communicated to people because they'll be reading reviews and it'll say, like, oh, Activision actually did a really good job here, but then they went and did something nasty afterwards. So... As much as certain games deserve, like No Man's Sky, where they worked their asses off to, you know, fulfill broken promises and mm. make it into something that people actually wanted, as much as games like No Man's Sky deserve to be re-reviewed later on when they've added things and changed things up, many games need to be re-reviewed for the consumer's benefit to communicate nasty changes. Like yeah, you're right. Crash Team Racing, or to communicate sort of difficulty changes or just fundamental gameplay changes like Fortnite you know Fortnite you could I don't I've never really played Fortnite but I know that there was a period and it may still be on now where you could fly planes and things is that still happening I don't know but if I wanted to play it I'd like to know because as far as I was aware you just have to hit things and they go wobbly and then you build big structures out of it and try and survive but it's way more than that now and uh, you know consumers need to need to have that communicated to them in up-to-date reviews yeah, no, that's a very good point. That you know, not only does it go both ways, that you know the the ben- the 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 benefits and risks of re-reviewing something, and you know, worrying, oh well, is a developer gonna slack off and try and improve on it later? You're right that it also goes both ways in the sense that a developer might make a game worse after the reviews have come out, as you say, Crash Team Racing. That's a prime example. I think something like that happened with um, Battlefront Two as well, which is in the question. Um, I think when there was all the the controversy just before it released about how, you know, it was like the cost of hero characters and, you know, the, all, all kinds of like problems with in, in-game currency and so on. I'm sure they added stuff in temporarily for like the first few months. I can't even remember specifically what it was, but it was like maybe cheaper prices or, um, you know, they were giving new players for, a, you know, for a, a, an initial period, like giving them extra credits or whatever and i remember as i say i can't remember what it was but it went away i I remember waking up one day and hearing that oh yeah you know that thing that they added in to try and sweeten the deal after all the controversy that's gone now so you know likewise that should have been uh something that people were made aware of but then uh you know now that game has improved hugely with all of the updated content that they've been releasing they've just uh put out a, a final update 
and said, this is the last one we're doing, but, uh, you know, it's all been free, extra, extra stuff. Uh, loads of new characters were added. And yeah, okay, the game has still got uh, microtransactions in it and stuff, and that's that's not great. But, you know, I, I think if that game was... Re- well, uh, as Dan says, that game has been re-reviewed, uh, and it's it's uh, the scores have gone up slightly. And I think, like, rightly so to a certain extent. You know, they've they've added in a whole load of stuff. Um, they, they've made it a lot more fun to play. They've added in game modes and, like, offline... Uh, multiplayer stuff and and things like that so that's all you know deserves deserves more scores so yeah i think as you say the game should be re-reviewed whenever there are major changes um and you know they might be for the better they might be for the worse and the consumer deserves to know exactly what they're buying and not just to be reading a review that came out a year ago that says oh this game's great or this game's bad when that's no longer an accurate statement I love how little of my own personal money I have to spend to buy cosmetic things. Yeah, absolutely. Crash Team Racing. Okay, well, should we move on to something big? I think we should. It's time, everybody, for the big discussion. Big discussion time, everybody. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Joe Bullock on the phone. Hello, Joe. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Will you answer? It's Joe. Joe? Hi guys. Oh, here he is. Oh, oh, there. Hi guys. New Patreon here. Love the work you guys do. I just wondered if you, like me, find the games find that games these days are far too long and drawn out and need to be streamlined going forward. I don't think I'll ever compete complete the likes of Red Dead Redemption or Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and nor do I feel the need to do so. I don't have enough time to sit there and collect all the feathers. Bring back smaller and cheaper games. I don't want to pay sixty pounds for a game I am only ever going to realistically complete the main story of. Thank you, Mm. Joe. Uh, Totally on board with you there. I will say, before we get into this, that I don't think games like this shouldn't exist or that those games need to be streamlined because there are people who bloody love them. But for Mm. me personally, I'm totally on board with you in that I don't have time for those kinds of games at all. It's exactly what puts me off Assassin's Creed. Um, And I used to love Assassin's Creed. Collecting the feathers was my limit. But now... These games are huge, so much so that they sell, you know, microtransactions that let you level up faster. It's it's yeah. madness. They, they're inventing solutions to their own problems. They're inventing problems and then inventing solutions to sell to you. And that's that's crazy to me. But people love that game. I just, it's just too much. It's too dense. Red Dead Redemption was the same, but for a slightly different reason for me in that I thought it was just super obtuse in how it did sort of almost everything. And, and I couldn't get gripped because it was just... You know, I went off on a ride on my horse, fell off my horse and it died and I was in the middle of nowhere and I was like, okay, I'm just not having fun now. Mm -hmm. This is too realistic. Um, But yeah, I I play games with a mentality of wanting to clear each area as I go and trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. Games that are so dense that they have radiant quests, that they have sort of endless issues that, that always pop up and say, oh, help me do this and help me do that and... There's a million things to collect and 20,000 map icons. I just It just puts me off immediately. I just don't want to. I have to be just really into either the series or the subject material to get me over that. Games like uh, Horizon, games like Spider-Man, God of War, and I know they're all PlayStation exclusives, but each mm. of those IPs I found so interesting that I wanted to stick with it. And as we've spoken about before on this uh, on this podcast about sort of Ubisoft open world... Uh, fatigue 
there's just something about Ubisoft games specifically that even though they're meticulously designed in beautiful worlds, I just, as soon as I see those map markers, I'm like, this is just this is Ubisoft. I'm just getting big Ubisoft vibes, and I just don't, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And it just something in my brain just switches off, and I don't I don't want to do it. Uh, but equally, I don't think you're going to see a game that is less dense be any cheaper than sixty pounds. That's just going to yeah. be going right now. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I I totally agree in that I I you know, I don't think the games. Should you know they should make any less of them but i agree that i'm not so into them um you know we've talked about this before in in some ways um about how i keep saying i'll play the witcher 3 and one day i will (laughs) but at the moment i'm not doing it and uh part of the reason is that's a dense game it looks like a really good game and actually i have played a little bit of it and i just didn't really stick with it and what i did play i really enjoyed uh you know red dead redemption um, me and you both didn't really actually take to it very much when it came out, the, the Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, likewise, Ubisoft games. There's a bunch of Ubisoft games out there that, like, you know, I really like the idea of the setting. You know, Ancient Egypt, Ancient Greece in Assassin's Creed and, you know, some of the Fallout, uh, Fallout, Far Cry games um, set in quite interesting areas. Like, you know, going to a fake version, a legally different version of Tibet, uh, you know, seems seems fun, but... It's just those maps, isn't it? And all those markers and just thinking, ugh, I've got to do all this, you know. Mm-hmm. I've talked many times about the, uh, how how much I liked the idea of Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the Victorian one. But I've not completed that game, even though I love the setting, because it's just full of stuff. And you've got two characters that you need to be constantly leveling up, because the game occasionally forces you to play as a certain character in... Um, certain missions so it's not even like you can just go oh well I'm just going to play as as this as this one character for the whole game I'm never going to switch so I'll just put all my points to this one person and that's fine it's like no the game will force you to play as both um, so you know there's it is just it's it's overwhelming and there is that sense of fatigue but again I'm, I'm with you in that I think it can be enough um, if you have a particular interest in in a series or if it's if if, if it's really holding you a, a game with its story or whatever you know spider-man is a great example that game very dense actually if you if you look at it and there's so mm-hmm. many map markers side missions collectibles all that kind of stuff but i enjoyed that game enough and the even just traversing the map i enjoyed doing that enough that it seemed worth my while to cross to the other side of manhattan just to go and grab a uh, a rucksack that was stuck to a wall because actually I was going to have a fun time swinging all the way over there. Um, and likewise, you know, as you say, Ubisoft are some of the biggest culprits of this. Um, if if the Beyond Good and Evil sequel comes out, or prequel, I should say, and is absolutely full of map markers, I know that a lot of people are going to be put off by that. I know that if you were to play that game, you would think, oh, I don't want to do all this. Whereas I would obviously probably drink it all in and and thoroughly enjoy it because i have a vested interest in finding out more about that universe and that story and mm-hmm. i think that is really what uh makes or breaks it you know i think you you, you sit down and you see that you got one of these games in front of you and you're like oh god this is going to be a challenge and it really comes down to whether there's other stuff going on that is going to make you want to 100 percent it it's not you know for, for me it's not enough to see that there's all this stuff to do and I'm just going to want to do it. Like some people are that they have that completionist mentality and they relish the fact that there's this map full of things, but not in my case, certainly not. <laughs> I mean, we say it all the time, but games, games are subjective. People love things. Some people yeah. hate things. And, uh, 
as I've said numerous times, I don't think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a bad game. I think it's a very good game. It's yeah. just not for me. I don't think the Assassin's Creed games are bad games. And honestly, I would love to love them because some mm. of these settings are amazing. I fell off with Assassin's Creed 3 because I just couldn't get into the setting and I wasn't interested in it. And then I played four, which a lot of people absolutely loved. And then that was for me, that was the first time that they that they really went massive, mm. like the map. And I was, I was just like, this is too much for me. I can't, I don't want to do all this. Um, and from then on, I just never really bothered playing them because they they just completely lost me. And I don't want this to seem like we're, this is just an opportunity to, to, to bash Ubisoft or anything no. like that. But I think they are the biggest, one of the biggest perpetrators of, of these sort of games that are massive with a thousand things to do. And uh, I don't want to get people, you know, I don't want to prematurely sort of, again, crap all over something that might end up being really good. Because again, this setting sounds awesome, but the new Assassin's Creed Val Kilmer, uh, as we were talking about last week, made by 15 different studios. Mm -hmm. 15 different Ubisoft studios are working on that game. That's, That's mad! Yeah. absolutely mad and it's just again it's the ubisoft open world factory where in my head i'm just thinking oh no there's going to be an entire studio that's just doing collectibles isn't there yeah that's going to yeah. be their whole deal is just doing collectibles and hiding them around the map and it's just oh no like this Honestly, game is going to be massive and <laughs> for some people that's going to be amazing but i wish i just didn't i did i wish it, that stuff wasn't in there or if it was just really limited so i can enjoy the story and the setting yeah I, w- I truly would not be surprised if there were effectively two huge maps and that like you could actually cross the ocean between Britain and Scandinavia uh, and there was like you know a big sort of uh, like Viking Viking land to cover mm-hmm. and then you can also hop in a ship and uh, you know maybe with a transition cutscene I'm not suggesting you actually sail across the ocean in real but, time yeah. But uh, and then there's like a whole chunk of like England, you know, Viking yeah. England to to tackle too. Like that, I wouldn't bat an eyelid if that was the case. I, th- I think you're right. I think that probably is. They've already confirmed that there's going to be two maps. And oh god, you you are right. That's going to happen, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be huge. Which is a shame because that time period in England is so fascinating because there were like five or six different kingdoms in mm. in England. It's yeah. proper proper medieval stuff you know there were like five or six different kings and royal families all vying in different parts of england and that's that's what a what a time to explore you know yeah especially with the viking invasion again and mm. uh yeah and then you're just going to be going around i don't know collecting chamber pots or something i don't yeah don't make me do that i don't want to do that um yeah i just want a viking game really that's what it was mm-hmm. <laughs> watched the trailer forgot it was an assassin's creed game until he got out the hidden blade i was like yeah, oh it didn't yeah feel like it did it. oh man we... it's assassin's creed <laughs> damn it we watched it at the same time didn't we we were on call because we just finished recording something we're like oh the trailer's just dropped let's have a look and uh i i said uh isn't wasn't this series originally about assassins you know because we were yes. like halfway through it and they were just on a battlefield like all wailing on each other and i was like you used to when you were Altair in like Jerusalem and Damascus, you used to sneak up on people and stab them. And now it's just running around with like a an axe or whatever, which is fine. And I'm sure you know they're just obviously it's more of a spectacle to show a battlefield rather than one Viking sneaking around a castle. But you know it, yeah, it's a little bit like oh yeah, this is it's the Assassin's game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. I mean, people have been saying it for years that if they just took the assassin stuff out, these games would be amazing. You know, mm. 
yeah just, just historical just individual historicals exactly yeah. yeah and i would love that for this i did i oh god it's it just sounds so negative but my heart did sink a little bit when i saw the hidden blade i was like oh man i forgot that's what this was yeah because i was watching it thinking yes absolutely i can't wait to get twenty five thousand tweets telling me oh you look like the, are you the guy from the cover because he's blonde and he's got a beard and yeah. and i thought I can't wait to play this. Looks this. I mean, I know it's a cinematic, but yeah, the the, the cinematics they do for all the Assassin's Creed games are always really good. Mm, they and, are. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is good. And then the hidden blade, came, hidden blade came out. I'm like, man, yeah, I forgot. Now I'm going to have to run around and collect different things. And then I went to have a look at pre-order prices, and uh, I tweeted it as well. I don't know if you saw this, but one of the pre-order bonuses was a customizable skin for your Raven. And I was like, oh, for God's for sake. For God's sake. Bloody could... Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. I was like, oh no, it's everything I knew it was going to be. I didn't see that. Um, I'm also, I didn't even know there was a raven, but I'm not surprised. It's just going to be the owl mechanics, isn't it? Yeah. It's gonna, yeah, yeah. It's be, um, That's the, been in a few now. The few. Or the drone. Yeah, a dr- yeah, the drone from the division is the owl, is the eagle, uh, is the eagle, is the raven. It's all, it's all the same. They're all made by the same studios at Ubisoft with just different skins on. Yeah, uh, and that's always been my issue as well. Anyway, enough about why we don't like Ubisoft open world games. I think in general, I love a good open world game. You do too. Yeah. But it has to have the right balance, and games that are just too dense uh, are not welcome. Mm. And uh, and you know, as as we said, some people love them, and that's great. But no, I'm I'm uh, I, I do get put off by by huge games. I tell you the way to do them, and this is a final thought. I'll be I'll be brief. Uh, you know, I I still think for all of their missteps that they're continuing to make, I think Bethesda still handle those things quite well. In the there's loads and loads and loads of stuff out there, but like completing something or exploring an area or completing a side mission you you get like a, a more kind of physical reward i know you do get experience for it too but it's more like oh here's like 500 gold and you know if you want 500 gold there's a million ways to make 500 gold in that game you can go and just nick some stuff or, or do what you like um but when it's like oh no you have to collect feathers uh, and that's going to give you like this thing or you have to go and collect chamber pots and that's going to allow you to specifically upgrade your sprint speed or do you know what I mean it's like you yeah. have to do certain things in order to get certain other things it's very specific and and uh, you know it's it, it forces you to do things like that whereas you look at Skyrim huge map uh, but you don't have to go and do any of that you can still complete the game and, and feel like you're not missing out on um, abilities or equipment or things like that because you'll you'll just get them another way whereas in a lot of these open world ubisoft map marker games you have to go and do you know the charles dickens side quest in order to unlock this thing or you know so and and that it, it forces you and i don't like for being forced to do that kind of stuff yeah and i, I think you that's actually a really good point about bethesda games again they're not exactly hitting it out of the park at the moment no. but in those games there aren't map markers for for every available quest. There isn't, you go to a new town, there's a bounty board with 12 quests on it. You can happily move through an area without feeling like, as you said, that you're missing out, not even in terms of increasing your sprints well, yeah, speed yeah. or anything, but like the mentality that I play games uh, with, as, as I mentioned at the start of this discussion, about wanting to do everything in an area before moving on. That's never an issue in Bethesda games because I can just not go into a house and talk to a person to find mm. out they've even got a problem they need help with, which is nice. 
Whereas you look at the map in, again, Ubisoft <laughs> games, and it's like, here's 20,000 things to do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that does actually nice. make a difference. You Ignorance still know that it's you know that it's all there in Skyrim if you want it, but it's not that you've got a a huge uh, objectives menu saying here's all the stuff that you you know you've <laughs> here's what everyone in every town that you've explored wants you to do for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only the stuff that you've sort of overheard or spoken to people about. So yeah, that does make a difference. It does. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe, for that question. And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching today. Uh, what do you think about what we discussed, what we talked about? You know, you got any opinions? You got any thoughts? Let us know in the comments and get in touch with us via the following means. We are doing content on YouTube and Twitch. Twitch.com and Twitch. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump that's where we do all of our stuff we've got mods who look after our streams on both of those uh channels uh lord brotovich and cecil prumps thank you both you're doing excellent work we've got social media you can contact us on twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump facebook is looked after by our social media man luke eldon thank you luke uh, we've got a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. All kinds of rewards available for you there, like ask questions on this podcast and uh, on, on this podcast and other things that Ben will tell you about, I'm sure. Uh, we've got a Discord. Bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. There's a Patreon exclusive room in there. Uh, that's moderated by Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. If you want to listen to the audio version of this podcast because you're currently on YouTube, you can go to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a website, triplej.mup. Got careers over there, which will be closing soon, I believe, certain uh, job postings. Um, and uh, finally, we've got a, a VODs channel, uh, triplej.mup forward slash VODs or youtube.com forward slash triple jump VODs. Yes. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20 on Twitter at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. The Thursday streams are now no longer on Twitch. They're going to be on YouTube again. Mm -hmm. So we will see you there for the joint stream plays it on Thursday. But the solo streams still going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday on Twitch. Worst games is fortnightly and Friday for patrons Sunday for everyone else it is not a worst games ever week this week podcast is every Saturday and we're out of shows but we've got some other small bits and pieces coming your way which we'll talk about in just a second yeah. uh, please leave us a review on your platform of choice or iTunes or wherever it helps something to do with algorithms very much appreciated The Simpsons ranked we ranked every single Simpsons video game from worst to best yeah we did uh, so please uh, please go and watch that uh Go and watch that video. It's live on the channel now. Uh, careers, as Peter said, we are currently hiring a full-time video editor that will hopefully move up to work with us in the office when all this is over. Yeah. Uh, but equally, we are hiring freelance writers. We're not necessarily looking for just one. So please go there, check it out. If you want to get paid to write scripts that we use for our lists, then uh, then go go right now to triplejud.mup and go to the careers page. There's a little button at the bottom of the screen that you can mm. find it on. We've also posted about it as well. Uh, streaming, we're now doing that on YouTube. Uh, so please come there on Thursdays. And uh, very quickly, before I pass over to Peter to talk about his video that he made this week, um, 
last week we were a little confused about The Last of Us 2 leaks and ah, yes. why whenever I was looking up sort of news stories about it, nowhere mentioned that it was a disgruntled employee. And I said on the podcast, it's a bit weird, I'm not entirely sure if it's fully substantiated yet. It turns out it wasn't because they found the people responsible and it was a couple of hackers. It wasn't a former disgruntled employee. Mm-hmm. So... A little bit of clarification there. Although people have still chosen to absolutely hate on this game. I don't yeah. know if you... People are really invested in seeing it fail, and I'm not sure why people would care that much about seeing something fail, but there we go. Yeah, I saw a, a tweet yesterday that said, huh, the uh, the new story trailer they've released for Last of Us Part 2 just proves that those hackers were the real heroes. Uh, oh my God. In that they're saying that the story trailer backs up whatever the leaks, purported leaks were, and because the leaks are bad, uh, they're saying, "Oh yeah, the the trailer proves it's going to be a bad game." Thanks, hackers, for telling us ahead of time. Uh, now I may be wrong, but in my mind, there's two reasons for people's attitudes. One of them is that the Last of Us one was quite rightly received a a huge amount of praise. Mm-hmm. and that the hype surrounding this one is super high, and so some people just naturally yeah. take issue with that, but I don't know why, again, why they would have such an issue with it. Or the other option, which seems pretty likely given the kind of people who are upset about The Last of Us 2 or happy to see it fail, is the fact that it stars a gay character, yeah. and we know that she's going to have a relationship in this game. And mm. some people are so fragile... That apparently that's a huge issue for them, which is just so childish and stupid. But I yeah. really hope the game's good. I haven't watched the story trailer because I don't really want to, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing it when it's out next month. Incidentally, I would say it's not particularly spoiled. Like I, it doesn't really tell you anything. It just sort of shows that people are. It's 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 a jungle out there. It's brutal. They're all killing yes. each other all the time. It just kind of tells you that. So I think yeah. it's it's safe to watch. But yeah, whatever. Looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, Peter, tell me about this video you made this week. Oh, I uh, I took a little trip down memory lane. I, I I love how flipping weird the PS One is at times, mm-hmm. and uh, I've done a a video, just a little showcase of some of the weirdest uh, sort of sci-fi futuristic sports games on the PS One. It might it might well be the first of you know maybe a, a handful or or more of videos where I look at different different category every time. But yeah, we we started with. Um, sci-fi sports games, of which there are many on the PlayStation, and almost all of them have horrifying FMV cutscenes and Ooh. weird character designs and strange rosters. And uh, so it's it's mostly just about the world building in this case. I don't think I'll always focus on world building, but definitely here it's uh, you know weird cutscenes and strange characters in sci-fi sports games on the PS One. Amazing, and that uh, that video is available to watch right now on the mm. channel, as is the Simpsons Ranked video and uh, all the other stuff we're putting out too, so please go and check that out. We've just got enough time, Peter, to hear all about this amazing new sponsor we've got. Yeah, well, we've we've really talked up the Ubisoft open world games in today's podcast, haven't we? Um, and part of the reason we've done that and said how great they are and how much we love them is because that is our sponsor for this week, uh, Ubisoft the upcoming open world game historical third person action adventure game centered around the life and times of an mtv movie award nominee and star of top gun willow the prince of egypt kiss kiss bang bang and batman forever coming holiday 2020 assassin's creed val kilmer beautiful beautiful thank you so much for listening everybody we will be back next week stay well and healthy and we will see you really soon
Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.